Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chase McAndrew Podcast. I'm your host, Chase McAndrew, and welcome to the 10th film in the Bond franchise, The Spy Who Loved Me. The first great, the first great more Bond film. Before we get into it, a little bit of background to start off the podcast. So after the reception of the man with the golden gun with the fans and the critics in the box office, uh, Harry, uh, Harry Saltzman, one of the the one one of the two main producers of the of the Bond franchise, um, sold sold his share to uh, United Artists, who at who still to this day act, actually um, are the distributors for uh, the for the for the Bond films, and uh, Cubby Broccoli, the other producer, was not very happy about it. So this, so after the fact, so so after the fact of of, of Saltzman selling his shares, Cubby Broccoli said, "Okay, that's it. If this is the last Bond film, we're going out with the bang, and we're gonna make the best film we, we can, that we can because we're going out with the bang, and if this is the we're 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 doing the best we can." So this movie is directed by Lewis Gilbert, produced by Cubby Broccoli, and written by Christopher Wood and Richard Maybaugh. Stars, once again, Roger Moore in his third Bond film. Uh, Barbara Bach as Anya Amasabah, a.k.a. Agent Triple X. She's a KGB agent who kind of helps who, who her and Bond team, team up in uh, trying to find uh, this microfilm. That the bad guy are Kurt Jurgens, um, as Stromberg, um, kind of needs and has, I guess. I don't really know how to explain it without. It's 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 confusing a little bit, but doesn't really matter. Uh, Richard Keel as as the iconic character of Jaws. Uh, this guy is awesome in this movie. Not so much in the next film, Moonraker. But in this film, he is very intimidating and uh, scary. Let's just give it that. Um, and then you have uh, Carolyn Monroe, who is uh, Naomi, who is Stromberg's uh, assi- uh, assistant in the film. Uh, she's good in the film, too. Um, and, yeah. Um, this, like, like I said in the beginning, this movie is downright awesome. This movie is... I have a favorite more Bond film, and I have what I consider is his, his his best Bond film. This is my favorite of all of his films. This movie is, like I said, when Cubby Broccoli was like, if we're going out, we're making the best Bond film we can, and my God, did they. This movie is, from beginning to end, an adventure, a ride, the stakes are big, It's 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 an awesome, awesome movie from beginning to end, and I, I really, I, I, I love this movie, it's in my top 10 of the franchise, it's, 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 it, it, if I was to make a, a top 10 classic Bond films, not, my, not my favorites, not the best, 
classic Bond film. Just I I I had to pick ten. Somewhere in there, this movie would be on that list, and it might even be top five, maybe top four. That's how iconic and classic this movie is. It took all the tropes from the earlier films, the first like three or four Connery films, and just just made it into a Roger Moore Bond film. Because every every joke, every one-liner, every action sequence, the casting, the, the sets by Ken Adams, everything in this movie is just, it's great. It, it, the, there are some films that you see that the production value and you you watch it and 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 you're and you're like that production value. Perfect example, the man the man with the golden gun. Yes, the production value is good, but there's not a lot in the movie. This movie's production value is on screen. The action sequences are great. There's it, it's it's just it's it's so well done. This movie is. The definition of a spy adventure, and it's it, it it it's firing on all cylinders from the from the pre-title sequence to the end of the film. It's just classic Bond in its most classic era. It's awesome. So let's get into this film. The pre-title sequence of this film is awesome when the submarine gets taken over or goes missing i should say and then that kind of introduces us to anya amatova trip trip Black, uh barbara box character and then that leads into bond's character or, or, or bond's introduction and then bond escaping on the iconic i believe it's the swiss alps um which is Probably the best ski chase in the entire in the entire franchise. I mean, the stunt work in that in that sequence by the stunt doubles for Bond and the agents who are chasing him are are and I mean are incredible. Even the blue screen or green screen that when you, when you have a close up on Roger Moore because obviously Roger Moore doesn't. He's very um, well known that he did he didn't do his own stunts. Even that stuff is great. Even that looks like it still looks like he's on a green screen or a blue screen or a blue screen, excuse me. But it still looks very good for nineteen. What was this movie? Seventy seven. So yeah, nineteen seventy seven. It looks great. The pre-title song is one of my favorites. It's not top 10, but I'd give it like top 15. It's a very good song. It's, it's, it has a fun tune. Uh, nobody does it better or no one, no, yeah, nobody does it, does it better. Um, and in this movie, that's true. Nobody does a Bond film like the James Bond films. This movie just, like I, like I've said before. Goes out with the bang. This is going to be the final Bond film. They put they 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 put the pedal to the floor and they floored the car 
all the way to, to the finish line. Gonna be a, there's going to be a lot of puns like that in this review, so sorry. Um, I, I mean, it's like, you guys got to understand, I've been a fan of this franchise for a while. So when I watch the last two, or I should say Roger Moore's first two Bond films, and they were okay, and they were, you know, not the best. And I've seen these movies, you know, a lot. I, and I've seen this movie a ton of times. But kind of watching the whole franchise these last few months, leading up to this film, it's like watching... It, it's like watching from Rush with Love or Gold or Goldfinger or or it's 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 like oh we're back in the classic Bond it's awesome all the tropes are there all the jokes all the all the adventure that we love in those in in those early three or four Bond films are all there and it's great another great thing in this film is when Bond gets his his Orders after after the ski chase and the magnificent. I forgot to mention this: the magnificent cliff jump, where it. I swear to God, the stunt guy was in the air for seems like forty five seconds to a minute. It's 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 a remarkable, remarkable stunt that is maybe my favorite stunt in the entire franchise. I'll get to it when we get to the movie, but the stunt in Goldeneye when he jumps off the bridge is also iconic for me. I I don't know which one I like more at this particular moment in time because they're both just so good. I think I'm gonna have to give it to to this movie right now, but really, it's um both stunts are really really great. So Bond travels to Egypt, and by the way, Egypt looks, all, hell, all the locations in this film look great. Egypt in this movie, it, 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 it looks awesome. They film it really well. That's what's great about the Bond films in general, is wherever they go, they try and make the landscapes or the, or the, or the cities or the monuments look nice or, and beautiful. And this movie certainly has that. This movie has it and does it oh so well. Oh, so good. So Bond Bond's task to go meet a man named Fekish to get um this microfilm from him. And or or, or the location I should say of the micro of this of this microfilm. So he goes to meet Fekish. Fekish is sees sees the characters of Jaws, who was introduced a little earlier in the film. And if and again, Jaws is the big seven foot tall dude with steel teeth. And if you don't know who that is, what the hell's wrong with you? This dude is this, this dude is like Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers. Like he's just this huge dude who just walks really slowly and to kill you, he either slams you against the wall or he will take a chunk out of your neck or your face or where or wherever with his metal teeth and he's and he is intimidating and he is scary as all hell. He is he he is a great 
a great side villain in this film. He is awesome. He's terrifying. Let's talk about the main villain of this film, uh, Stromberg, played played by Kurt Jurgens. Everybody gives this guy crap because he's just kind of an, kind of an older rich guy who wants to. Basically, his 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 whole villainous plot is to shoot missiles at Moscow and New York, and to sink and to make World War Three happen and make make the make make the, make the land sink and then he'll survive underwater in his underwater palace called Atlantis. That's kind of a cool, at least I think it is a cool um, villain plot. Interesting. Um, and Kurt Jurgens, I think people kind of, um, Kurt Jurgens plays kids very, very, very well, but I think people kind of underestimate this character because he's kind of, you know, like I said, he's kind of an old man. He kind of just, you know, doesn't really, he's not physically intimidating at all, but I will say his first scene, he's, he's with a doctor and a professor and they're talking and I believe it's one of their assistants. He he kills her, and and he like launches her in to a, to a shark tank and kills the woman. And then the doctor and professor are let go. They're in their helicopter and they're celebrating. Stromberg presses a button on his computer on his computer, and the helicopter explodes. Like that's kind of a ruthless. That's kind of an asshole villain right there. I mean he's. He's a pretty good villain, I think. I think he's a very underrated villain in this franchise. Um, um, when Barbara Bach and and uh, Bond, and when I should say Anya and Bond, uh, when they when they meet for the first time, it's right after Jaws kills the man that Bond's looking for, uh, Feckish. Um, uh, they meet at. Just outside one of the uh, one of the Egyptian relic places that it's like a chamber, and where 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 Fekish is killed by uh, Jaws, and then they meet and then they meet back at their hotel and they have this great little interplay. By the way, Barbara Bach and Roger Moore really have some good chemistry. My only problem with the character of Anya is actually the way that. Barbara, Barbara Brock is obviously an American actress doing a Russian accent for this film. So sometimes, every once in a while, she'll, her accent will slip or she just will be a little wooden at times. Besides that, the two have excellent chemistry and she is, in my opinion, one, one of the top Bond girls uh, in this entire franchise. She, she's that good of a character. She's Bond's equal in this film. You know, she's a, she's a Soviet agent, Bond's a... a and my sixth agent, and it's a very good dynamic that both these characters have with one another. And I love the scene where when they're back at the hotel and they and they meet for a second time, there and and Anya walks up to the bar and they and they're talking and Bond's saying all these all these things about her, and then on and then Anya says all these things about Bond, and she and w- w- without actually naming her, she says. And married only once, and then Bond kind of sits up in his chair and goes, "Okay, I get your point. That's that's enough." And it's that in it's that little reference from On Her Majesty's Secret Service 
just that one line of her of of the character of Anya saying, "and married only once," it 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 references a it it's showing you that this is still the same character as the George Lazenby version, and this franchise does have a continuity to it, and that's the brilliance of the writing of this film and why I think it is so good, which I think was lacking in Live and Let Die. And the, the the man with the golden gun, the two previous Roger Moore films. This movie, it, those little attention that those attention to details, those those details in there, are so well done. And it just it, it's a two second moment of her saying the of, of saying that line, and Roger Moore just like backing up a little bit in the way he's sitting, and then him going, okay, I get your point. It's just that little detail that is what makes this movie so good. It, it, it's just so, so good. So, so Bond and Anya meet with the guy who has the microfilm, and he's called away. Once the two try and they're, they're starting to bid for who gets the microfilm, guy's called away. You see Joss come in, and he kills this um, Max Kelba guy, um, and then they and then uh, Bond and Anya follow Jaws in his van, or get into Jaws's van, I should say. Jaws leads them out to pyramid wreckage. It looks like or 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 a pyramid um, uh, construction site, I guess, something like that. And there's a cool little scene where Bond and Anya have to. Follow Jaws, or because when they're in the van talking in the back of the van, they don't think but Jaws can hear them. But Jaws has the speaker in the back, and he can hear them talking the whole time. So when Jaws gets out of the truck in the morning, they follow Bond and Anya follow him, and it's very well done. They have a fight with Jaws. They get the keys to Jaws's van. They get they, they start getting away. The van won't start. Jaws is taking apart the van. It takes a couple pieces off the van, and it's there's a hilarious scene when they're through the when when they're going through the desert, and the van has been kind kind of ripped apart by Jaws, and there's a scene where the where the van is just going up and down through 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 these hills. Oh my God, it's hilarious. It's so funny. But the landscape, the Egyptian landscaping, looks awesome so they get so they go to cairo bond uh is i guess drugged i would say by anya she throws like like a toxic perfume shot at him i guess and uh he 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 passes out bond gets up realizes that the soviets and the british have had an alliance now and uh they're they are both going to um Try and stop uh, Stromberg from carrying out his plot. Like I said earlier, the underwater city, trying to start World War Three, all that fun stuff. So they, so Anya and Bond team up, and there's a great scene about halfway through the team up, where they're they're trying to find information about Stromberg and what his plan is before they actually know what it what it is. Or exactly what it is, I should say. 
And Anya takes out takes out a cigarette, and Bond has a lighter. And Anya's like, "Oh, I like that lighter. What is it?" And Bond is like, "Oh, I I got this from from a city I was in like three weeks ago." And Anya's like, "Huh?" The beginning of the film with when when Anya's introduced, she's in bed with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend leaves. And then during Bond's um, chases, his ski chase, and before his jump, um, you see you see guys, uh, you, you see bad what 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 you presume are bad guys uh, chasing him. And then you see that, and then you realize that one of the bad guys, the the guy that 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 Bond shot, the Russian agent was um, was Anya's boyfriend. So Anya says in that scene with the lighter, "Hey, I am going to uh, kill you at the end of this mission," and um, it brings some tension into that otherwise up to that point budding relationship between Bond and Anya. It kind of brings it almost to a halt for a little bit, and it brings a little bit more tension. Like, "Ooh, is she really going to kill Bond at the end of the end of this film?" So it's an, it's a very interesting, cool. Um, sequence. Now let's talk about the uh, car chase, the iconic uh, white l- Lotus car car chase with uh, the helicopters and the motorcycle and the cars, and then it finally going under under the water. Um, like I like I like I've said many times, they put out all the stops in this film, the biggest budget they could afford at that time. They put it out there for this movie, and the action sequences, that particular action sequence. Is a highlight of the film. It's very well done. It's an awesome motorcycle chase, car chase, uh, helicopter chase, and then underwater chase. Um, and by the way, that white lotus going underwater and coming back up through through the beach, that entire sequence is iconic. I love it. It's classic Bond. It's over the top as hell, but it's about it's 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 played. The tone of this movie is fun. It's not too over the top. It's not too real. It's just right in the middle of fun. And that's why I like this movie. That's why I love this movie so, so much. So let's talk a little bit about the ending of the film. It's actually quite a long ending to this film. It actually, I would say it takes up a good half an hour, maybe 40 minutes even. Bond and Anya go up for a American submarine so it can get so when it's captured, they can get inside of Stromberg's uh ship and basically take it over and um stop Stromberg basically. So they do that. On Bond and Anya get captured by Stromberg's, or I should say Anya, Anya gets captured by Stromberg's men. Bond is taken down with the rest of the crew. And then you realize that, that there's two other sub, sub, subs down there, or, or inside a Stromberg's ship. And they realize that, there's, that there are Russian and British uh, uh, men aboard the ship taken prisoner. And I love that because it has, uh, once again, the budget of this film. This set of Stromberg ship is amazing. Once again, Ken Adams 
his sets throughout this entire franchise, especially the big, bombastic ones, the villain layers, or the villain ships like this is, is awesome. It is awesome. The action sequence is great. Bond and the rest and the British men and the Russian men escaping and fighting back against Stromberg's men is a great, grand battle. It is awesome. Bond going going to uh, uh, Stromberg's uh, Atlantis um, underwater city type structure thing. That's a beautiful looking model and set also. Uh, when it when it's filmed from the from the outside, it's just this model in a little pool, obviously. But what, when it's inside, the set is gorgeous and well done once again by Ken Adams. Bond and Anya, or Bond, so, so Bond goes to rescue Anya. Anya kills um, kills Stromberg, um, rescues Anya, and then the two are in. Um, the two are in this like, this like this like I don't know what this this almost like how do like what what would I call it a a um like a oh I totally am I'm totally blaming what this thing's called right now a a like um like an end escape pod that that's what it's called Jesus I just Remember that top of my head. An escape pod, and you see uh, the Russian, uh, the Russian general, uh, General Gogol, believe the chief of staff M and Q are looking inside this this escape pod, and they see Bond and Anya making out. But before that, once they get into the pod, Anya takes Bond's gun because when you're watching this, you know, like I said, there's a good half an hour, forty probably forty-ish minutes go go by. They 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 take down the big ship and the the Atlantis base that Stromberg has, and Anya pulls the gun or Anya Anya pulls guns Bond's gun on on them, onto him, and then she's and then she forgives Bond obviously because Bond has charmed her throughout this entire film, and then you have that scene where the chief of staff. Um, Q and the Russian General Gogol are standing there looking inside this escape pod and Roger Moore gives what I think is probably the best line in this entire film which is which which is the last line of this film um, the chief of staff goes 007 what are you doing and Bond looks looks up and goes just keeping the British end, end up sir and clips the button behind him on when behind the bed and the curtain closes and then the credits roll. This movie, like, this, this is going to be a short-ish review today because I have to do a couple more that I will release over, over the next couple days. But honestly, I really love this movie. One of my favorites of the franchise. One of the, one of the most fun movies of this franchise. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's not an over-the-top joke fest either. It just, it's fun. It's a classic Bond film. I'm going to give this movie an A-. minus. That's how much I love this film. It's in my top 10. I love this movie. It is awesome. If you don't if you don't know what this movie is or you haven't seen it, slap yourself in the face, please, and watch this movie. It is classic. And I mean 
classic Bond through and through. It's up there with the classics like Dr. No and Goldfinger and From Russia with Love. It is up there. This movie is great. It is awesome. Go and watch this movie right now. Thank you, everybody, and I will see you all on the next episode of the Chase McAndrew Podcast. Bye-bye.